0: now swift and splintering blows assailed the sickly panels and i saw the gleam of a tomahawk as it cleft the rending wood i did not move for i could not but watched dazedly as the door fell in pieces to admit a colossal shapeless influx of inky substance starred with shining malevolent eyes
1: today once again the theme for the two of us is spooky stuff um if you will recall back to Roald doll spooky stories, here today we have more spooky stories. <laughs> yes, but
0: not Christmas themed today. No Christmas. Yeah. No Christmas. No
1: Christmas spooks. Just Christmas is over. Just normal spooks.
0: Normal spooks. Well, I, I don't know if I would call, there's not much normal about the subject of our discussion today, which is a couple of short stories by H.P. Lovecraft.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Very strange figure.
1: Yeah. So I don't I hadn't read almost anything about H.P. Ro- Lovecraft. Like what I knew of H.P. Lovecraft um prior to reading these stories. I mean honestly not even in reading these stories, but I like just read his Wikipedia page after. Yep. Um what so. I knew before reading his Wikipedia page is just that he was the um American Edward Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, yep. Um that's pretty much what I knew um what made a lot of sense to me <laughs> after reading his Wikipedia page and his stories was that he was like a known racist um and yeah. elitist. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it made a lot of sense. Um, he was born in like 1890, I think. Um, and kind of his spookiness in his life um, started. His dad was institutionalized at the age of five. Um, and, and
0: when H.P. Lovecraft was five. When
1: H.P. Lovecraft was five. Okay. His dad was not. No. Okay. Yeah. his Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Got you. Yeah.
1: Um, well, uh, the thing the, the cause was like unknown at the time but um, later he died of syphilis a couple of years later and I'm pretty sure syphilis can go to your brain right um, cause like weird brain issues whatever you would call that neurological symptoms of syphil- syphilis yeah um, and then like later in his life his mother passes of pretty much the same thing um, oh there's the cat feeder You guys are going to have
0: to get used to the cat feeder sounds. I think it's been on several podcasts by now. (laughs) That's
1: pretty funny. Yeah. Um,
0: (laughs) Didn't his mother also get
1: institutionalized? That's what I just said. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. His mother got institutionalized of the same thing later in his life. Um, But so his dad got institutionalized. um, I'm sure he was around to like witness his dad's devolving into being a crazy person you know yeah um out of his out of his mind a little bit
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: and then his grandfather kind of then instilled like a love of literature to him um but he also grew up as like a affluent um white man in rhode island um historically pretty conservative family and place um,
0: It'd be pretty easy to be racist if you grew up now as an affluent white man in Rhode Island, let alone in 1898. Exactly. No offense to the Rhode Island. I'm not saying all of you are racist. I'm just saying that, you hey know.
1: Hey man, history, history says historically, y'all are racist. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about it. Um, if you're uh, If you're angry and
0: you're from Rhode Island and you want to give me a piece of your mind contact at rdmr.io i would love to hear from you but anyway moving on H.P.
1: Lovecraft <laughs> also like um, had a strong love for like the English monarchy Yeah um, which was weird His weird.
0: political history in general is very mysterious like he starts out as this like ardent monarchist and then becomes like a democratic socialist
1: So he became a democratic socialist um, in uh oh my depression. gosh yeah after enduring like the great depression because at first he was like oh yes the rich will help and lift up the poor but then right he lived through the great depression and that just simply did not happen so then he <laughs> was like huh maybe marxism is cool which actually then um so he died in 1937 it led him to um his marxism led him to be a fan of hitler i thought uh, he was a an anti-marxist Oh, maybe I've got that mixed up. He's
0: socialist, but anti-Marxist. And his democratic socialism was a a response to Soviet Marxism in a way,
1: is how I read it. Yeah. Um,
0: But he was a fan of Hitler?
1: uh Uh-huh, yeah. Which, yeah, briefly, and, um, you know, kind of began to... It seemed like the bit, again, the bit that I read, um, he began to change his mind, um, but... Died, Uh, right? So...
0: Also important to remember that at this time in the, like, early, mid-30s, a lot of Americans supported Hitler. That's something we like to forget. Um, people were like, oh, Hitler's great. He just wants to preserve German culture. And then look how that turned out. <laughs> Fucking Hitler supporters,
1: morons. Oh my goodness. We are... Not that disliking Hitler supporters is controversial, but... um uh, you know, it's kind of a little touchy here. This man's uh, a little touchy, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, to say uh, the least. Some, some controversial subjects, perhaps. But, you know, I, I, it's not controversial. Like, no. he's a good author. He, he wrote pretty well. Yes. He was from the 1890s. He was fucking racist. Like, I mean, and Hitler's bad. I, I'm not... I don't apologize for either of those opinions.
1: I don't apologize for these opinions either. Um, it's just and if like... if you're offended by that, fuck off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, are uh, you like HP Lovecraft? <laughs> if you are HP Lovecraft, how... What has it been like to see the invention of podcasts? Does it make you feel at home due to Radio shows? Were radio shows weird to you? That's a good so many question. questions there. Anyway,
0: and another thing I'll throw in is if you are H.V. Lovecraft, I would love to hear from you. Drop me a line and contact. <laughs> but you gotta finish it what's the contact at rdmr.io thank you
1: thank you you can't leave hp lovecraft hanging yeah it's true i just
0: you know it's the second time i said it i'll definitely say it at the end again so i figure he'll probably get the email fee i'll put in the description as well (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: okay so the um two stories that we read um from hp lovecraft um Which we picked up, we decided on reading H.P. Lovecraft. We went to the library for the first time in years, which shout out local libraries. I forgot how nice they are. Yeah. Great things. Everyone go check out your local library. Yeah, support your
0: local library. They're awesome. Your tax dollars go to that and it's a great use of your tax dollars. Yeah. Shouts out Mountain View Public Library. You guys are awesome. Don't look so scared. I've said that I'm in the Bay Area before. I didn't put my address out there. It's all right.
1: Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> can cut that
0: out later if you want. We can discuss after. It's okay. Otherwise, this would I, I think it's interlude.
1: important to keep it in so that if people find and um, uh, dispose of us, we um, can <laughs> go to the followers first. <laughs> this podcast uh that is not a threat anyway (laughs) Um, we (laughs) anyway we went to the library library is awesome cool library um and picked out just a collection of short stories um collection of stories by hp lovecraft um uh and we read um a story titled he and then in honor of our cat, who you have heard getting fed by the robot dad, um, who we lovingly call her a rat very often. We read H.P. <laughs> um, Lovecraft's Rat in the Walls um, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So Which, I, um, odd choice, uh, yeah. looking back I, I <laughs> after reading of, it. Uh,
0: I was thinking starting with he. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then we can, you know, kind of ramp up to rats in the walls. Perfect. So, okay. He, what was your take on it? Did you like it? Did you love it? Did you hate
1: it? Honestly, what stood out to me the most about that story was that this dude was obviously a white man, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the loudest fact to me in the whole story mostly because um, so the story starts with him living in New York right yeah he lives in New York it's like 19 something 1910s maybe it's 1920 yeah at the time that he's writing this I don't remember um, but his what he does like all the time what his what he does to feel joy what he does to feel alive is Rome deserted streets of New York at, at night. night in the middle of the night um he avoid he at one point talks about how he avoids the streets in the day whether the he is supposed to be H.P. Lovecraft or a um i don't know
0: so okay here, here's person. one thing i think it is I think it's not supposed to be directly like, oh, this is me, even though it's written from the first person. But I think there are definitely lots of elements of H.P. Lovecraft in this protagonist. Because one of the things I read on H.P. Lovecraft's bio was that he, like, moved to New York to try to do, like, poetry and to try to, like, be more of an artist or whatnot. And it really, really, like, fucked with his mind and his mental health. And he eventually moved back to New England to the country. Mm-hmm. And you see that here. Like, so, um, you know, I'll just read this this little paragraph. The other thing I'll say about H.P. Lovecraft in general is very masterful use of the English language, even though he spells really weirdly. Um,
1: You're like shun, shun. Yeah, he spelled, spells like S-H-E-W-N.
0: Yeah, or another one I saw is he spells certain S-A-R-T-A-I-N. Which is odd. I don't know if that's some 1920s shit or he's just... I
1: don't it's know. interesting to think about the times where people just spelled however they want it. It's kind of like how I spell now, except <laughs> <laughs> like it's not really accepted the way that I <laughs> will spell things. Um, anyway, read your quote.
0: All right, so... My coming to New York had been a mistake, for whereas I had looked for poignant wonder and inspiration in the teeming labyrinths of ancient streets that twist endlessly from forgotten courts and squares and waterfronts to courts and squares and waterfronts equally forgotten, and in the Cyclopean modern towers and pinnacles that rise blackly Babylonian under waning moons, I had found instead only a sense of horror and oppression, which threatened to master, paralyze, and annihilate me.
1: I actually had marked, um, I didn't mark the library book, people, don't you worry. Um, in here, another paragraph, um, that I thought really showed, um, how beautiful his writing is, Mm -hmm. um, And um, maybe there'll be spoilers, but that's kind of the point is that we give you the spoilers of these stories. Yeah. As he snarled the phrase under his breath, he gestured anew, bringing to the sky a flash more blinding than either which had come before. For full three seconds, I could glimpse that pandemonianic sight. And in those seconds, I saw a vista which will ever afterward torment me in dreams. I saw the heavens verminous with strange flying things, and beneath them a hellish black city of giant stone terraces with impious pyramids flung savagely to the moon and devil lights burning from unnumbered windows. And swarming loathsomely on aerial galleries, I saw the yellow, squint-eyed people of that city robed horribly in orange and red and dancing insanely to the pounding of fevered cal- kettle drums and the clatter of obscene crotala and the manacle moaning of muted horns whose ceaseless dirges rose and fell undulently like the waves of an unhallowed ocean of bitumen.
0: Yeah, a lot of crazy words in there. You know what I'm realizing now in this moment? the second or third time i've heard that paragraph i think that's like some anti-chinese propaganda right there
1: i again going back to uh his history and then um we'll reveal the big really the huge ringer that this man is racist um in the next book <laughs> in yeah the next. i mean yeah it's very possible that it is chinese that <laughs> he's very anti-chinese here but he says it very beautifully. He does, he does. The words <laughs> yeah. are, are
0: really uh, but but you know, I mean the thing is like I didn't even realize that because it's like so like weird, like the shit that he's saying, he's talking about like
1: Yeah, no, you're probably right. Like the kettle um,
0: drums and the red and gold. I was like, why are they dressed in Yellow
1: side of the side of the
0: yeah, I was like, why are they dressed in red and gold? And then I'm thinking about it now like, i like like, oh, like, you know, in, in Chinese culture around like, um, especially now, being that it's Chinese New Year, which Gongxi uh, Nia to any Chinese listeners.
1: Gong Xi Gong Xi Gong Xi All right,
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's weird. I the thing, the interesting thing about being a modern consumer of some of these works is like you don't even like some of the racism is so on the nose that it like stuns you. It's like you're a shark and you got punched in the nose. And then some of it is, like, so, like, subtle and, like, baked into it that you don't even notice it until you read it, like, a second or third time. You're just, like, weird. I wonder why he hates this future society.
1: <laughs> it is very – it definitely puts an interesting kind of twist, almost, on reading some of these old um, stories. Um, kind of, I guess, like, outdated in a way. Um, yeah. Like – writings it yeah (laughs) it reminds me i just finished um the book the man who mistook his wife for a hat and um interesting right like considering i think it was like really interesting at the time which was like the mid-80s mid-1980s um but definitely some kind of like reading it now There's a lot of pieces in there, specifically surrounding um, people who are mentally retarded. Um, The man who wrote the book was um, a neurologist, um, incredibly outdated. Um, Basically, it was shocking to this neurologist that um, people who are mentally handicapped in that way can be like, Real people and like have interests, which is like pretty basic. Yeah, it seems so obvious, right? Yeah, yes,
0: of course. If you have some sort of mental disability, you still are a human. Like you have feelings and interests, and you're good at things, and you're bad at other things, and you know you have a personality, like all of these things. But he's like marveling. He's like, wow. It's like
1: literally almost like a solid third of the book is him marveling at that. It's weird. It's very strange. But, yeah, kind of, again, um, going back to the H.P. Lovecraft in this story, then um, he later also talks about um, indigenous people. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let's take a step back and let's, let's
0: take it through kind of what happens in this story. So he comes to New York, the protagonist, and he's talking about how much he hates it and how awful it is and how he came there to be inspired to be a poet but it's crushing his soul and he can't go outside in the daytime and he lived in he moved to greenwich village but it was just because that's where poets and artists live but it was just filled with like hipsters and posers and it's fake and he doesn't really like it he's basically like a grungy like dissatisfied hipster of the 1920s. He like got, <laughs> you know, some shitty like uh, degree somewhere. He He he's...
1: actually didn't graduate high school. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Maybe mm-hmm. that's what's up with all the weird spelling then.
1: That is an interesting connection. Yes, could be. Who knows.
0: Um, I'm sure. But so so that that's what's happening and then he starts like you said, he's like Going out in the daytime crushes my soul so I can only roam the streets at night. And that's my only pastime is just wander the alleys in the dark at night. Yeah.
1: And has a extra, like, affinity for alleyways which have no lights. Uh, very dimly lit areas. Um, that... And he kind of, like, goes over that for the first couple pages of the story. And honestly, I it was hard for me to get over reading it as, like, honestly, just, like, a woman who uh, doesn't do that um, for the (laughs) sake of feeling safe in my life, Um, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, um, uh, that's an interesting angle because obviously as, as a dude, you know, that's not what necessarily occurred to me. I was just like, this is a really weird hobby. Not like I wouldn't be able to do this if I wanted to, which is, you know, true.
1: Yeah. like I could, but like.
0: It's a bad idea.
1: Yeah. Right. It's a um, very bad idea. It also made me wonder um, what drug use was like. In the streets of cities in the 1920s. Um, Yeah.
0: It's an interesting question. Yeah.
1: And I have no idea. So. Yeah. um, It just, yeah. Very interesting. Because unfortunately now, like, if you were to go into the streets of New York at, like, 3 a.m. dimly lit places, probably there are some. There are. It's not out of the realm of possibilities for to be for there to be some methed out human being ready to fight you um yeah i
0: definitely don't think that's outside of the realm of possibilities (laughs) i think that's firmly within the realm of possibility um
1: yeah (laughs) yeah interesting interesting question but anyway um in the story he roams the streets at night he finds this old man on one of the days that he's out and about um just kind of chilling in a dark alleyway um and he follows him this yeah. this old man this man i don't he doesn't really communicate with him but he's just like
0: Come he, with he me. does yeah just a little bit Oh, one one thing that's probably worth noting is like up to this point he's talked a lot about how new york used to be great and old new york was better and old paris was better and old london and he loves all the old stuff and He's like mm-hmm. a Lerong generation of the 1920s. He's like, <laughs> you know, I only like, like th- this generation's art and and music is lame. But anyway, that factors in. So basically yes. this, this old guy sees him and he's like, I've seen you like wandering around every night looking at the old <laughs> stuff and you must really like it just like me. So why don't you come with me on a trip? And of course, naturally... The protagonist is like yeah sure you seem like an old guy i like old things let's check it out <laughs> mm-hmm. which another highly questionable decision
1: yep um and then he this man leads him this old man leads him to this abandoned house the completely abandoned house and this again and i was reading it this is another thing that stood out to me I was like what must it be like to be Just like a, I don't know, (laughs) man. (laughs) Like in the 1920s, (laughs) he just like enters this abandoned house. Obviously, it's a story, but still, you know, it just was yelling at me in my brain. He enters this abandoned house with this old man.
0: Yeah, after going through like weird labyrinth of tunnels and darkness and the old man's like leading him through the dark by his hand and they're crawling through tunnels and like crazy shit. Yeah,
1: yeah old abandoned house falling apart takes him up to a spooky room and he does i like hp lovecrafts like he describes these very classic like horror homes you know like these horror scenes of like the abandoned house on the hill there's like the dead tree kind of blowing in the cold wind the fog is coming in yeah um you know yeah you have like the old alley cat like kind of like meows at you and scutters away skitters away um
0: you know what's interesting that that makes me think of i wonder if like you know he's considered one of the like influential, like, early horror writers. So at his time, it wasn't like, this is the classic spooky story.
1: Well, I don't know, right? I, maybe it was. Maybe that was just, like, that's always kind of been, like, the classic spooky thing. I have no idea. Mostly because it is spooky. I mean, like, if anyone were to come up to, like, an abandoned house in the middle of the night, like, it's generally spooky. But I also did wonder that, if he kind of, like invented these like classic um what we understand now is like classic like horror tropes yeah exactly um yeah interesting um yeah he goes into this house um and then allows this man to lock them in the room um (laughs) behind him um
0: Yeah, and then this man starts telling his his life story, basically, about his family, right? Yeah. How it's like their country estate that they've managed to hold, even though, like, Greenwich Village was built around it, and then New York City. Like, somehow they have this, like, hidden estate in the middle of Greenwich Village. I don't really understand how that would be possible, but I guess they didn't really have planes back then, so.
1: (laughs) That's true. Yeah, definitely didn't
0: have drones. Yeah, skyscrapers. So maybe, maybe, but anyway, whatever.
1: Yeah. It's a story. Um, <laughs> you know, it gets weirder. Yes. Um, and then how? Remind me how he, the man, starts showing him the visions.
0: So for okay, so first he ta- tells he, this other guy he tells the protagonist about um. His family history is, like, you know, we were the squires of this land in, like, whatever, 16-something or 17-something. And then we built, like, a wall around it. And then these Native Americans—he definitely did not call them Native Americans, but I'm going to stick with that. um, Good choice. Came—would keep trying to break in and climb over the walls on every new moon to do some sort of, like, rituals. And then he was like, okay— the guy who lived there, he kept referring to him as my ancestor, um, caught them and instead of trying to stop them was like, you can have free access if you show me what you're doing. Um, And they told him that it was the mixture of like Native American witchcraft and like an old Dutchman's like powers or something. Um, And then he basically like, poisons the Native Americans in this story and kind of gleefully tells them that he gave the Native Americans, like, poison rum. But, like, he's like a nudge-nudge, wink-wink.
1: He's Um, like, oh, I didn't know it was poison, but they all died.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then he, my ancestor was the only one who knew about this. And Mm -hmm. then he's like, I'm going to show you something that no one else has ever seen, and takes him to the window.
1: Yeah, and then he um, starts to procure visions for this man basically i think um the first vision that he shows him um here i'll read this quote um my host now took my hand to draw me to one of the two windows on the long side of the malodorous room and at the first touch of his ungloved fingers i turned cold his flesh, though dry and firm, was the quality of ice. Um, kind of gonna skip ahead here. Once at the window, the man drew apart the yellow silk curtains and directed my stare into the blackness outside. For a moment, I saw nothing save a myriad of tiny dancing lights far, far before me. Then, as if in response to an insidious motion of my host's hand, a flash of heat lightning played over the scene, and I looked out upon a sea of luxuriant foliage, foliage unpolluted, and not the sea of roofs to be expected by any normal mind. Again, looking out over New York um, City. Uh, On my right, the Hudson glittered wickedly, and in the distance ahead, I saw the unhealthy shimmer of a vast salt marsh marsh constellated with nervous fireflies the flash died and an evil smile illuminated the waxy face of the aged necromancer um so he basically the first vision is he shows him what i'm assuming is what new york looked like before there were inhabitants
0: yeah exactly um, like the past basically mm-hmm, at that yeah spot.
1: exactly he's showing him the past um he then says after that like this was before my time the old waxy icy he yeah um
0: and then he kind of fast forward it's still in the past but then he shows him like when greenwich village was first established and it was away from new york and he can see like the church in the distance and stuff like that
1: yeah and then he flashes he goes through the scene where um that i read earlier that we realized was probably some um asian man hate uh, yeah. going on um and this man continues the um protagonist kind of continues to mention in between these visions this the he is showing him um just the horror he kind of really writes this heavy air of horror that yeah. the protagonist is feeling um like in the air what's going on um yeah um and then the
0: he basically screams. so one thing is like that yeah he told the protagonist you have to be quiet this whole time and when he sees the chinese people playing drums Mm. he (laughs) shrieks and screams and loses it he's like oh my god (laughs) Literally screams out loud. Which. uh,
1: He does it beautifully, though. I'll give that to H.P. Lovecraft. He does. (laughs) As scared of Chinese people as he may be. Uh,
0: (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs)
1: Anyway, so, um, so he screams, and the old man kind of starts, like, just. Not really, like, literally dissolving, but, like, dissolving into this, like, insanity. You know, like, he's kind of scratching at his face. He claws and spits through the moldy air, Um, you know. And then he starts saying, like, it was the full moon. Damn ye. Damn ye. Um, And then um, he starts to hear... Um someone coming into the house. There's like a group of people now coming into the house. Um
0: Yeah, like slowly coming down the stairs. Up the cre- stairs, yeah. Up the stairs. The creaking sorry. of the stairs and whatnot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The old like ghost man is like foaming at the mouth, uh <laughs>
0: trying to kill the the
1: protagonist
0: or attack him. Uh-huh. But he like turned into just a head, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, turns into a head, kind of, like, also, like, the rest of him becomes, like, a shapeless um, plot of oil on the floor.
0: Um, Just banging at the door.
1: Yep, yeah, so... um, I, I read this a while ago, so I... I'm trying to remember yeah. how it ends. How yeah. It, yeah. So
0: basically there's the banging at the door and um, I'll read a quote from that because I thought it was uh, pretty, pretty good here. So the rapping was now repeated with greater insistence and this time bore a hint of metal. The black thing facing me had become only a head with eyes "'impotently trying to wriggle across the sinking floor in my direction, "'and occasionally emitting feeble little spits of immortal malice. "'Now swift and splintering blows assailed the sickly panels, "'and I saw the gleam of a tomahawk as it cleft the rending wood. "'I did not move, for I could not, "'but watched dazedly as the door fell in pieces "'to admit a colossal shapeless influx of inky substance, "'starred with shining malevolent eyes.' It poured thickly like a flood of oil bursting a rotten bulkhead, overturned a chair as it spread, and finally flowed under the table and across the room to where the blackened head with the eyes still glared at me. Around that head it closed, totally swallowing it up, and in another moment it had begun to recede, bearing away its invisible burden without touching me, and flowing again out of that black doorway and down the unseen stairs, which creaked as before though in reverse order um and then basically he falls through the floor and then he falls through another floor he scrambles out of the house he clambers up the wall and holds on to like a turret and then the turret kind of like shakes and disappears he falls to the ground breaks most of his bones it was found by a man who said that he must have crawled a long way because there was a trail of blood stretching as far as he could see but then it rained and washed away the trail of blood so no one knows where he came from and um, then he basically says that shit was messed up and uh, he went home to New England
1: (laughs) (laughs) No wonder New York fucked that man up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like basically what happened is because that old man had poisoned the native peoples, they cursed him, basically, is what it kind of Yeah. I think could Came be summed back up as
0: finally got his ass.
1: Yeah, because he was found on the full moon.
0: Which is quite satisfying. I mean, he definitely deserved that, uh yeah. more than deserved that.
1: Yeah. But that was uh, the story of he.
0: Yeah. So quite, uh, you know, overall, I think the pacing was really good. Um, it was like a, a very well-written short story. Um, the weird racism is definitely, you know, like as a modern reader, tough to handle. But, you know, like.
1: Um, in the next story, it gets almost weirder. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um,
0: Let's just jump right into that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. The rats in the walls. So what did you think about this one?
1: So I, I, this one was really interesting. It kind of like takes a minute to get into. They kind of like describe the family history and ancestry for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of references that um, I learned after. And I like look some things up to like a bunch of, roman mythology yeah which i don't know almost anything about um
0: it's like weird roman mythology though it's not like the traditional you know like um jupiter and you know those roman gods that are like derived from the greek gods it's like the church of sibele and like um Mm. or the temple of sibele and weird stuff like that
1: it references um try malchio uh who is also like a Roman fictional figure,
0: um yeah, so yeah. He, he was quite fascinated with this worship of like Sibele, the magna mater, and these like kind of, you know, seen as more like dark, like occult um branches of Roman mythology yeah which is interesting
1: yeah and he speaks of it's his family history right that kind of has this like dark past about it too the
0: the protagonist
1: the protagonist Yeah. yeah um and it's kind of they talk about like they've had this estate again another estate for a long time um
0: this time the estate's in england right
1: yeah is that where i was kind of confused about where this was taking place
0: i'm fairly convinced that it's in england um, or at least the UK. I mean, I, I don't know the difference. Okay. Between,
1: yeah. You know, I mean... Because the... Historically, the family he talks about is kind of, like, near the Welsh border or something like that. Um...
0: Okay, so... Yeah, wherever, uh... It's somewhere in the UK. Okay. That's what I can give you.
1: Okay. Because for like at first my brain was reading this because I was like, oh, H.P. Lovecraft, he's American, right? Mm -hmm. As this was like in America. And then they start talking about like Roman ruins in the house that he um, inherits. And it like, I was so confused for a minute. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, this must be just like one of his stories that is just not based on the east coast of the united states
0: yeah yeah it's definitely not it's definitely not
1: um yeah it doesn't
0: actually say like specifically i mean they talk about the village of anchester but it's not like I, I, i tried googling it and i don't think it's a real village but basically he talks about you know captain norris living there and it being the um um you know the he was in the british army i think or something like that their first baron of XM. So I'm fairly confident it's the UK. Henry III he's talking about. So Okay. Yeah. I would say quite quite confidently that it's it's the UK.
1: Because it's in here that he also talks about his specific like family though had grown up in Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. That's why it like
0: Yeah, it's threw confusing. Me off. Yeah. So so basically the family history is that they had this estate, Exham Priory, in somewhere in the UK, and his family basically, his only surviving ancestor, had murdered all of his family and uh, fled the UK under mysterious circumstances, and then came to Virginia and started his family. Yeah, and each, um, like. Each descendant of that line would give, like, each male would give their oldest son this special letter at some point in their life uh, when they were ready. And they would always turn, like, weird after getting this letter. Um, And his line was cursed with, like, madness.
1: Um, Yeah. One thing I found to be, like, a really strange thing to put in um, about the family member who had killed everyone Mm-hmm. Right in his house, is that they mention that like, I think they they caught this guy. They found him that he had murdered everybody, and then was like, "Oh yeah, your family's weird, so makes sense. <laughs> Checks out. See you later." Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nuts. That is nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was like, I was like, because he says the man, the murderer, the murderer ancestor, kind of is just like I was protecting everyone. And they just let him go. They're like, yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: So yeah. so that's part of the thing is like this guy, all of the villagers and everyone, all the locals around XM Priory like vehemently hate this guy's family. They think they're like up to crazy shit. They think they're cursed, evil, evil people. So when this guy had the ancestor had killed everyone in this family, they were like, good riddance, get the fuck out of here. Like, we never want to see you again. <laughs> Uh, just get out we don't care
1: (laughs) you murdered your whole family sick leave
0: (laughs) yeah so they give this guy's you know life family history a little bit where he's basically like you know there's this sad line in Virginia during the civil war their home on the banks of the James River was burned down and Mm -hmm. the letter the mysterious letter burned down with it yep um so he his, never read
1: he never got to read
0: he never got to read it um his father died and never got to read it uh his wife died, so it was him and his child Alfred um living alone then his Alfred goes to the war meets this guy World captain what was that World War one yeah World War one yep um meets this guy Captain Norris. Who happens to have lived right near XM Priory, and um, told his son, hey, there are all these weird stories about your family. And then his son wrote him and he was like, wow, that's weird. This is interesting. <laughs> um, then his son gets maimed in the war. Um, he cares for his son for two years and then his son dies and he has nothing left in his life.
1: So um, decides to now go to XM Priory um take some years to reconstruct it make it livable
0: yeah restore it
1: mm-hmm. yeah move in
0: which the locals were not happy about yeah
1: yeah
0: and also he couldn't hire any local workers and several local workers would tell the workers that he brought in the rumors about that place and they would get scared and run away
1: yep yep
0: um so that was pretty interesting
1: One thing I find very interesting about this is so he has his original cat who is his companion throughout this, um, Mm. which is a black cat named N-Word Man (laughs) is the name of the cat, um, yeah. which he then repeats over and over again throughout the story and it was just like it was again going back to reading these blatantly racist things in 2022 weird extremely weird, weird. hard hard to it makes it i think sometimes like harder to appreciate like, his writing style and, like, the story that he's giving. Because I'm so, like, smacked in the face with this cat's name. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, it it's like, like I was saying earlier, like, this story is much more like the racism is, like, getting, bo- like, your shark getting bopped in the nose.
1: Yes. You're like, ah, yeah.
0: what just. Exactly. Like, you know, you're reading this. It's like, as I have said, I moved in on July 9- 16th, 1923. My household consisted of seven servants and nine cats, of which latter species I am particularly fond. My eldest cat, N-word man, was seven years old and had come with me from my home in Boston, Massachusetts. It's just like so casual and like repeated again and again and again. And every time I read that word, I'm like, whoa, like.
1: Yeah. And the cat like follows him like when he goes, like he sleeps with him at night. He is like this man's like, companion, he's his shadow.
0: It's like a main character in this story.
1: It, yeah, it really, it's exactly, I think the describing it as the shark getting hit in the nose is, like, the perfect way to describe that. Like, reading that over and over again as a person who grew up in the era that I did, uh, (laughs) which, thank goodness. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh yeah. But a-
0: anyway, getting back to the the non-racial aspects of the story which lots we'll try cats. we'll try to ex- appreciate despite
1: Yes, the- interesting interesting story. Um again, honestly, he does have really a really beautiful writing style. Um great way with words. Um He does. Lots um, of cats in this story, but it makes sense.
0: Um Yeah. So basically, he talks a little bit about these like weird rumors about the family um, and all the like tales that like the country people tell. Um, and oh, oh, one note is that the country people hate him so much that he's like ostracized from society because he's of that family. Like, yeah. everything he interacts with the local community has to be through his friend Captain Norris mm-hmm. um, because they will not fucking talk
1: to him they're not gonna fuck with him they're like your shit's cursed bro yeah like we're out yeah not having it
0: so they think his ancestors are a race of hereditary demons um the barons and their direct heirs were the worst um if they were healthy it was said that they would mysteriously die um but if they were weird and uh creepy then they would get to live (laughs) um he said that this kind of continued um, even when they came to Virginia. Uh, he talks about how his cousin uh, went among... He became a voodoo priest after he returned from the Mexican War. I'm just going to leave, leave that a little bit out of there. I think another thing that was interesting about this is that this XM priori was granted to his father family in 1261 in this story so yeah it's really old and at that time there were already definitely roman ruins and and perhaps other ruins before that a prehistoric temple of some sort um so that's interesting
1: which is incredible to think like obviously this isn't like a real family um, it's not a real family history it's crazy to even think of making up a family who has such clearly defined descendants for so many hundreds of years that's nuts
0: yeah that,
1: bananas that is crazy yeah um yeah dates days way back um this family history that does again though why it's kind of a solid first chunk of the story um, because there's a lot of it and they're all weird Um, but he moves into this house Um, things are normal for the first little bit Um, and then one night his cat uh, the trusty black cat um, is what we'll refer to him as um (laughs) Does something, I think, like, starts to, like... S- basically, he wakes up at night, the cat's doing something. The cat's kind of, like, pissed at something. Um, and he hears what seems like scurrying in the walls. Um, yep. And... But can't really see anything, can't find anything. Um, something falls, and then um, from the ceiling or from the wall... Um, and on this night that he's been woken up by his black cat. Um, and then the screaming stops. Um, yep. He goes the next day, kind of asks if anyone else heard something weird, if anything else was up. Um, one of the servants in the house was like, yeah, the cats were kind of weird last night. That's about it. Um, uh, one thing
0: that I thought, so he, when this happens, he has these like... So this happens a couple of nights, like you said, um, and he hears the rats, his servants don't hear anything, but they report the cats acting hella crazy, trying to like get into the walls and get down into the cellar. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, okay, he falls asleep because he was up all night after hearing the rats and that, so he's up all night after hearing the rats and then during the day he falls asleep and he has this weird dream. So I'll quote that real quick. Um. I seemed to be looking down from an immense height upon a twilight grotto, knee-deep with filth, where a white-bearded demon swineherd drove about with his staff a flock of fungus-flabby beasts whose appearance filled me with unutterable loathing. Then, as the swineherd paused and nodded over his task, a mighty swarm of rats rained down on the stinking abyss and fell to devouring beasts and man alike. Um, and he was awoken from that by his trusty black cat. Um, and here's the slithering of rats in the walls and stuff.
1: And another thing that's um interesting is he... When he goes to the servants, ser- servants again, they don't hear any of these rats at any point, but they notice that the cats are being weird. Um, it's also like he tries to talk to Cap- Captain Norris um, about, like, I have a rat problem. And it's just, like, kind of out of the question that there are rats in the house. Everyone's like, there haven't been rats or mice in this area for years. Decades.
0: Yeah, because they, well, they basically just totally restored the house, rebuilt it out of solid mm-hmm. rock and shit, so they don't see how there could be rats everywhere. I think that's one thing also that they mentioned is after his family... Please...
1: They do also foreshadow that there was some, like, weird rat activity at one point.
0: Yeah. Basically, in... after the ancestor who killed everyone runs away, um, a flood of rats, like, descends upon the town and, like, eats, like, all of the livestock and a couple of people. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yes. Uh which important part that we left out there. No wonder the villagers don't
0: like his fucking family also. They-
1: don't blame them. Don't blame them. I don't blame the villagers for being sketched by everything around this house. Um so he decides that he needs to get to the bottom of this himself. The cats are all trying to go down, down yeah. into the cellar. So he himself tries to go down into the cellar
0: with his trusty friend captain norris and his black cat
1: yep um and again i don't remember if captain norris can hear the rats captain norris cannot hear the rats so they're
0: in the cellar Mm -hmm. with the trusty black cat and captain norris and they spend a night there to try to see what's going on
1: so spooky
0: yeah that's bold honestly yeah um and then he falls asleep this guy and um, he wakes up with the rat sounds again um, and cap, but, but captain Norris can't hear them. Um, let's see.
1: So then they, um, the next day they kind of have, they go back up um, out of the cellar and kind of talk about what should they do. Um, You know, like, he heard something, and again, he kind of hears it, like, underneath him and realizes it's even further down than the cellar. There's, like, a sub-cellar that he has to go to, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So then they kind of are like, okay, we'll go to the sub-cellar. And they've also, like, set out traps, right, um, for the rats, Um, even though nobody else can hear them. They're like, okay, yeah, they'll set out traps. They don't ever catch anything, in the traps. Um, but again, it's like all nine of the cats freak out, um, try to get like down, 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 down. Um, is pointing downwards, So they go to the sub cellar and they find um, somewhere in there, a set of steps. I
0: think it's a pillar. So there's, there's a pillar. Okay, there. Yeah, you're right. Um, like an altar that looks like it was used for some religious rites in the past. And the cat is really pawing at that. But at this point, they're too freaked out to go down, so they go assemble a team of archaeologists.
1: But they find the stairs before they. I think they've. There's the pillar. They see the pillar underneath the pillar because the cat's freaking out trying to get in there. They see some steps that have been like carved into the stone of the place, and they're like, "Okay, this is out of our area of expertise." And then they go and try to assemble the team in London. But correct me if I'm wrong in that
0: ah it's 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 not the steps what it is is the flame of the lantern that he sets down near the altar flickers mm. in the wind so they notice that there's a mm. wind coming from underneath and that's what it is that, that they get
1: okay thank you
0: um yeah so um then they go assemble so so another thing to keep in mind is that No one has ever noticed or known of this, like, underground passageway under this subcellar, And in the 500 years that his family has been gone, like, countless archaeologists and, like, you know, and people interested in antiquities have come to the ruins and explored them and looked through them and, and stuff like that. And no one's ever known about this, like, pillar having something under it
1: yeah um
0: then they go get archaeologists
1: yeah so then they kind of um collect a team of like archaeologists um people who are good at like identifying um like remains and such too
0: roman Um, history yeah and some of those guys have actually been to xm priory before it was restored i think it says and like explored it um So they know the area, a couple of them. And if they haven't been there, they've like heard about it and Mm -hmm. and whatnot, read the reports from the other archaeologists.
1: Yeah. Um, so all of these, this team then goes down, um, and to discover where this draft underneath the house basically is coming from in this tunnel, Mm -hmm. I guess, um. Uh, and they go I'm trying to find that a quote to pull
0: side note that was one tricky thing about the library book for this is I really like to underline the good quotes or highlight them as I read so that I can pull them quickly for you guys but we can't like write on the library books that's one downside of the library
1: it is a downside of the library yeah I never like I always um, read library books growing up. Like, we went to the library. My family didn't really buy that many books. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas your family definitely bought a lot of books. Yeah. Um, So, that's actually an interesting difference in how we both read books um, to do these podcasts when um, the two of us do them. Is like, I don't really write in the books, I don't really mark things in the books, but I keep like notes. Um, Whereas you definitely. Um, write in the book, like to mark in the book. Yeah, um, it's just not really something that I do.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Interesting.
1: Um, yeah.
0: an interesting thing related to that, which you may not even know, is that before doing this podcast, I would never write in books, almost ever. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but I've just found it to be really basically. Actually, what got me started is I used to the first few books we did, we did on Kindle, and mm-hmm. I got used to highlighting things in Kindle and making little notes, and I really liked that. And then I was reading hard copy books and I was like fuck it like I'm just going to make the notes because um, otherwise I'm not going to do it
1: okay Um, so I'll read this um, section this is they've gone down into the cellar um, kind of continued to crawl down a bit Down this, like, tunnel. Um, There's, like, the steps carved into the stone. Um, There now lay, revealed, such a horror as would have overwhelmed us had we not been prepared. Through a nearly square opening in the tiled floor, sprawling on a flight of stone steps so prodigiously worn that it was little more of an inclined plane at the center, was a ghastly array of human or semi-human bones. Those which retained their coll- collocation as skeletons showed attitudes of panic fear, and overall were the marks of rodent gnawings. The skulls denoted nothing short of utter idiocy, cretinism, or primitive semi-apedom. Above the hellishly littered steps arched a descending passageway seemingly chiseled from the solid rock rock, and conducting a current of air. This current was not a sudden and noxious rush as from a closed vault, but a cool breeze with something of freshness in it. Um yeah. So there's so all they, these
0: weird bones there.
1: Yeah, weird bones, it's kind of like on semi-human. Um
0: weird fascination with skulls. Again, going back to the like weird kind of racial shit that's yep. freaked me out a bit.
1: Yeah. Anyone
0: who's that obsessed with skull shapes, I'm quite skeptical of.
1: You mean of HP Lovecraft himself? Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, that's we'll just fair. fast that one. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll just read this next passage because I don't, um, anyway, after plowing down a few steps amidst the bones, we saw that were, that there was light ahead, not any mystic phosphorescence, but a filtered daylight, which could not come except from unknown fissures in the cliff that overlooked the waste valley. That such fissures had escaped notice from outside was hardly remarkable, but for not only is the valley wholly uninhabited, but the cliff is so high and beetling that only an aeronaut could study its face in detail. A few steps more and our breasts were literally snatched from us by what we saw. So literally that Thornton, the psychic investigator, <laughs> actually fainted. Um, blah, 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 blah. Everyone's freaking out. Um, they're like, oh my goodness. It was a twilight grotto of enormous height, stretching away further than any eye could see, a subterraneous world of limitless mystery and horrible suggestion. There were buildings and other architectural remains. In one terrified glance, I saw a weird pattern of tumuli, a savage circle of monoliths, a low domed. Roman ruin, a sprawling Saxon pile, and an early English edifice of wood, but all these were dwarfed by the ghoulish spectacle presented by the general surface of the ground. For yards about the steps extended an insane tangle of human bones, or bones of at least as human as those on the steps. Like a foamy sea, they stretched, some fallen apart, but others wholly or partly articulated as skeletons. These latter invariably in postures of demonic frenzy, either fighting off some menace or clutching other forms with cannibal intent. Um. Yeah. Um, so they kind of come upon this giant area... Um, <laughs> all of these ruins from all of these different, like,
0: eras. generations,
1: eras of people. Thank yeah. you. Um,
0: eras and cultures.
1: Yeah. Weird bones everywhere. Um, all of the bones gnawed by rats. Um, they kind of then go on, they find these quadrup quadruped, um, bones. Bone structures like locked in cages um, that have just, you know, been there forever.
0: Yeah, but also still like human like, but quadruped.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Quite disturbing. Um, Um, Yeah, kind they, of.
0: They basically, continue exploring the. Yeah, the ruins, they continue talking about finding these horrible, creepy things.
1: Yeah, and then it, it, that's kind of where it kind of goes. He finds and talks about these um, more specific sects of like Roman mythology. Like mm-hmm. they talk about um, the priests of Cybele um, and what their diet was. Um. <laughs> um yeah all these different a bunch of different bones um yeah and then um he eventually kind of goes towards the cat the black cat runs towards something and um the protagonist goes to follow him this black cat um
0: yeah, uh, real quick before we go there, I think he Sorry. did see his um, the bones mm. of his ancestors that were killed by his other ancestor.
1: Yeah, he notes that in somewhere he sees um, a hand which bears a ring with the seal of his family crest or something like that. Right, Um,
0: which is pretty freaky.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Um, Do you want to yeah, include so I, other
1: pieces before um, getting to the? No, I think
0: I think that's good. I just wanted to throw that in there that they found like the bones of his family like locked in cages and murdered by the guy who escaped and was. Uh, uh, everyone was happy that they left, and then like yeah, the rats chewed the rat chewed bodies in there. So I think we should. Um, I'm trying to find the, the right quote to read here. It's hard to not just read the last, like, two pages of this almost, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, um, I think, um, so he kind of falls into this. He follows this cat, and he sort of, like, falls into this, like, dark, deep pit. His light goes out, um, and he starts to lose his mind um, in wherever this is. Yeah. Um you, have the you cat. you found a quote? that you want to read here okay um so chasing the cat he kind of like devolves into like just his mind is just like filled with horror and he's kind of running through all of these like horrific things that he's seen um how horrific like the world is and like kind of takes it there how there could be so much horror um okay
0: um, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's okay. Uh I I just was saying yeah. okay cuz I found the a, a quote. I think I'll just read from around here to the end. So this is where like you're saying he just descends into complete madness. So as he's running through the darkness, something bumped into me, something soft and plump. It must have been the rats, the viscous gelatinous rat ravenous army that feast on the dead and the living. Why shouldn't rats eat Adela Poor? That's this guy's last name as a Delapore eats forbidden things. The war ate my boy, damn them all And the Yanks ate Carfax with flames, and burnt Grand Spire Delapore and the Secret. No, no, I tell you, I am not that demon swineherd in the Twilight Grotto. It was not Edward Norris's fat face on that flabby fungus thing. Who says I am a Delapore? He lived, but my boy died. Shall a Norris hold the lands of a Delapore? It's Voodoo, I tell you, that spotted snake. Curse you, Thornton. I'll teach you to faint at what my family do. S'blood, thou stinkard. I'll learn ye how to gust. Wold ye swink me Vilquist? <laughs> magna mater. Magna mater. Atis, And then a bunch of weird, uh, I don't know, like...
1: Latin. Druidic or Genetic. Latin. Druidic. He talks that there's many different... Yeah. Um, So so I'd
0: imagine this is like a selection of, like we said, the Saxon and the Romans and the blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. So he has these weird, like, crazy exclamations. And then, uh, do you want to read this last part or should I? Go
1: for it. All right.
0: This is what they say I said when they found me in the blackness after three hours. Found me crouching in the blackness over the plump, half-eaten body of Captain Norris, with my own cat leaping and tearing at my throat. Now they have blown up X.M. Priory, taken my black cat away from me, and shut me into this barred room at Hanwell with fearful whispers about my heredity and experiences. Thornton is in the next room, but they prevent me from talking to him. They are trying, too, to suppress most of the facts concerning the Priory. When I speak of poor Norris, they accuse me of a hideous thing, but they must know that I did not do it. They must know it was the rats, the slithering, scurrying rats whose scampering will never let me sleep. The demon rats that race behind the padding in this room and beckon me down to greater horrors than I have ever known. The rats they can never hear. The rats, the rats in the walls.
1: There it is.
0: There it is quite the fucking story
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: <laughs> this dude was troubled
1: this he was a troubled man um he had things in his mind uh that people should not have in their minds maybe you can have it i don't know um i guess it was a good outlet yeah for those ideas uh um <laughs> You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Overall, that is a good way of doing it. I mean, I was, I thought like, okay, in terms of the mechanics of a short story, right? Yes. Building up the suspense, the pacing, Mm -hmm. the reveal, the twist at the end, almost flawless. Um, I think,
1: yeah, I think so.
0: Excellently written. The weird racism definitely took away from it it for me. Mm -hmm. But if I like force myself to just accept that he wrote this in the 1920s, it's just the way the world was. Fine, whatever. Um, Very well-written short story. And also, like, genuinely disturbing.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: um Unlike the... Some, the Royal Dalgo stories that I've read at least. I haven't read all of them, but a couple of them that I've read. None
1: of them were so genuinely disturbing. Like, this shit is freaky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Genuinely disturbed. It's actually, Arik read this story last night and then he had nightmares <laughs> Yeah, so so I
0: never told you about it. I I basically had the f- dream that this guy had that I was like
1: that's horrifying. trying to like,
0: I had both the dream of like the rats like running around everywhere and then I woke up and then I went back to sleep and I had the dream about like the weird quadrupeds and I was like holy oh, shit No. so don't read H.P. Lovecraft after taking a couple melatonins while you're lying in bed because you'll have a weird <laughs> fucking night <laughs> yeah it's a very strange night
1: unless you like I kind of like having nightmares generally it, it is entertaining um, yeah right yeah. it's like it's like a cool it's like your own little free movie that's true um, that you never get to watch again um, generally <laughs> some people have reoccurring nightmares in which I am sorry for yeah, those I sucks. apologize I hope you rest well at night sometimes um, I mean hopefully all the time I guess. <laughs> um. Um. yeah HP Lovecraft interesting um, good read um, really really Like, you know, he definitely has a gift, no matter how racist he is. Uh, Yeah. He has
0: a gift. I, I struggle to, like, give a recommendation on whether you should read this or not. I mean, here's the thing. It is fascinating to read. It's very well written. And it is, like, probably the most, like, genuinely freaky and disturbing writing that I've read. Like, he does a very good job of creating, like, actual horror I guess um, Stephen King is also really good at that, but uh,
1: yeah. different, I'd say. Have you read much Stephen King?
0: Not much. I think I've read, like,
1: one. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like Stephen King. Um,
0: but basically...
1: It's different, though. It's like he has definitely, like, long-form yeah. um, horror, and it's the build and how you write that is very different than the short story. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I, I want to read more Stephen King. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: Always the the horror though. The horror genres they definitely there's you can tell that they're troubled, troubled people right, yeah. in those stories. It's just some sus shit um, <laughs> <laughs> goes down, and more so than just like eating somebody else, uh, which is pretty sus, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty sus, sus but, thing to do. But yeah, yeah. I would say. You live your life. Yeah, live your life. You have heard these two stories. Yeah, you've got enough
0: taste, to flavor.
1: Yeah, if you're into it, check them out. If you feel like you've heard enough, that's fine too. Yeah. Um,
0: If you're not excited by, like, weird, creepy, spooky shit, and also, like...
1: Mild racism?
0: Not even mild, like...
1: Blatant blatant
0: racism? Blatant racism. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Um maybe not but the writing style is really good that's
1: the great thing about checking this book out from the library is you know we didn't financially support this so i don't have to carry any of that burden which you know if i wanted to financially support it that's fine also um but then i don't even have to think about it yeah um yeah i mean i wouldn't mind financially supporting it i doubt like I don't know. Obviously, I mean, I don't know if he has London. ancestors
0: that are involved in this, but if they are, I doubt they're still like blatantly racist. And then the other yeah. thing is like, um, oh, one interesting thing that I wanted to talk about his life is he was he was almost like a Mozart like figure in a way in that he was like totally unrecognized during his life, no fame, barely made enough to like live his life, um, and kind of had a shit life. And then died. And then in the seventies and eighties, there was like this massive revival of interest in his work, and collections, and anthologies, and all of these things that were published. So it's kind of interesting. All of this stuff went was published in like weird pulp fiction magazines in the in the thirties and Mm twenties.
1: Yeah, he was also a prohibitionist uh, heavily. Yeah, and a
0: teetotaler. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: Interesting guy. interesting guy i wouldn't get a masters on him or anything
0: no i wouldn't either um anyway (laughs) i wouldn't get a masters at all though sorry (laughs) mima yeah uh
1: no promises on my end but i promise you it won't be on hp lovecraft (laughs) (laughs) uh
0: yeah so that was our interesting and and spooky uh dive into hp lovecraft any closing thoughts on that
1: um, no, I would say again, if you do machine learning things and want to do some data analysis on how to figure out by the title of each episode, um, if it will be which collection of us podcast guests, it will be, uh, contact, contact the email, uh, dot io yes contact at
0: readmore.io
1: yeah,
0: um it's gonna be tough uh because there's not enough episodes yet for you to train like a neural net but you might be able to do some like statistical regression well, i wonder maybe Look, man, what you could this do is... is take the titles of the books and feed them into a neural net that's trained on other books and stories to try to figure out what are the genres, and then go from genres to uh, people and do a simple like linear regression or something. That's just the idea. But hey, this is your algorithm, and it's up to you how you're gonna do it, not me. Okay, so write that algorithm and send it over.
1: <laughs> or it seems like Arik would be happy to figure it out with you. Yeah. So even better. that's that's all i have for you today folks yokes and blokes enjoy your week yeah and until next time
0: thanks for listening